Welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. The only podcast where we drink, we encourage you to drink along if you're of age. Yes. And we discuss our topic of the week, usually something pretty geeky, pop culture not always modern and relevant, but something that we enjoy. Yes. And... With that being said, before we get started into this week's episode, we're going to tell you guys where to find us, which is every social media platform out there, at Geek Drink Pod. Yes. We're getting better about posting stuff a little bit more often besides just our weekly update. Um, we're working on getting some uh, video equipment ready to go so we can do some YouTube streams. And you some... can see my ugly face. We only have one camera, so you know, it is don't break it. It is don't totally it. the face for a podcast. <laughs> We're not vlogging, Adam. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but with that being said, guys, yeah, give us a give us a like. Follow us on all our social media platforms at Geek Drink Pod. Give us a a comment. Uh, leave us a review. Tell us what you think of this episode and past episodes, and let us know what you want us to talk about. Yes. Um, because at a certain point, we're around a content that we are passionate about, or maybe one of us is passionate about, and we need to start, you know. Doing some deep dives and other things that you guys may want us to talk about. Yeah, well, maybe we can also uh, put some, uh, like, polls up. Yeah. To give you guys some options as to something that uh, might be interesting to talk about that you guys might want to vote on. I think the first poll we can put up there is, Adam's still wrong about Xbox. Hey, this is some bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) This is some bullshit. (laughs) I I have all the Infinity Stones now, so I'm... I'm. Do you have a Steam Deck? I do not have a Steam Deck. Then you are still short of a full deck. (laughs) Well, yes, I guess so. (laughs) But with that being said, guys, I think before we get into our topic, it's that time of the week where we discuss our drink of the week. Yes. Time to grab your beverage. And join along as the geeks discuss the drink of the week. And this week's drink, Adam, you picked it out this week. What do we got? Yes, yeah, so it's the Churro Stout from the Cerveza Risa in Colorado. Um, oh, we've drank them a few times. Yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I was walking down the aisle of a store and I saw Churro Stout and... Who doesn't like churros? I mean, when we didn't saw Avatar 2 last week, we had the churro popcorn, and if they gave me a straw to suck that churro butter out, I would have done it. There so, you go. So, churro stout, all right. Churro stout, let's, uh, let's give this a try. Cinnamon and vanilla, this sounds... Yeah, cinnamon vanilla, but it's also kind of a darker beer, so it might have kind of like a little bit of a bitter note to it, but... All right. We'll give it a go. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Not super sweet. No, but, but you definitely just get enough. The, yeah, you get the you get the cinnamon out of it. I don't so. get I get a little bit more of the vanilla than cinnamon, but I'm also not a huge dark beer fan, but I would drink that. Okay. Well um, there you go. Because I'm not a huge like IPA stouts. Yeah. It has to be the right stout. And I think it's because I think the first stout I ever had was like a coffee stout, and that kind of just ruined me, I think. Well, I think the first stout I ever had was one of the first beers I ever had was <laughs> Guinness. That's I wouldn't even consider that a stout because there's just it's it's its own category. Yeah, but it's delightful. So, 
Yeah, I hated when it went to Guinness Blonde. That was just like, ugh. I haven't tried that don't, one Don't, don't. You, 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 you waste your money. Yeah, okay. That's okay. All right, well, now that we've had our drink, we're we're wetting our whistle, and we, we've got some liquid libations in us. <laughs> some moisture. Moisture between your lips. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that being said, Adam, it's time to talk about our topic of the week. What are the geeks going to talk about this week? And this week's topic is a throwback to 24 years ago. Yeah, 1999. 1999. We're talking about The Mummy. Yes. The, not the Tom Cruise Mummy. No, we don't talk about that one. Not the black and white 1930s, 40s, whenever that one Even came though out. very good, but... Very true. Uh, we're, we're talking about the classic Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weisz, Arnold Vosloo... Mummy. Yes. <laughs> that we all grew up and loved. <laughs> it's one of those movies that every time I see it on TNT or like you're flipping through channels, even if I'm jumping in halfway, I'm like, well, I know what I'm watching. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, I, you know, and I think I'll start off here just saying it's, it's a fun adventure movie. Yes. It's got a little bit of that horror in it with the mummy. It's got comedy. It's got a lot of comedy in it. It's got action. It's got action. And at the time, I had a huge crush on Rachel Weisz. Well, who doesn't? She's she's amazing. Yeah. But uh, it's just a... I think it's one of those films that hits every beat um, that you need for a successful film. And Brendan Fraser is a huge part of that. And one of the reasons we wanted to kind of bring this up is because uh, Brendan Fraser is getting a lot of uh, critical uh, attention from... Um, the Whale. From his film yeah. The Whale, um, directed by Darren Aronofsky, mm -hmm. um, who I like most of his films, but then some of them don't really hit with me. Um, but uh, I think uh, this is a great renaissance for... Brendan Fraser as an actor. Oh, yeah. I mean, this and, is... For, for for those of you who don't really know Brendan Fraser because you're a little bit younger, um, this was kind of the middle of his career really taking off. I mean, he started doing a lot of stuff in the early 90s, but this was his he first... Did, like, Encino Man, Airheads. Yeah. Um, I think he even had, like, an uncredited role in, in the Army Now, where he was just like... Uh, don't eat this because it tastes just like whatever. And, yeah. But it um, was just, it wasn't even a thing. But then he went on doing like George of the Jungle. Yeah. Right Blast this. from the Past. Blast from the Past. Bedazzled. Bedazzled. The Mummy. Dudley Do-Right. Mummy 2. <laughs> um, wasn't he, I want to say he was in the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't. No. I, I know he was in Dudley Do-Right, which yeah, was kind of the same. like. Style universal like comedic like yeah. animated type thing um but uh yeah no he he's been a like he's been a delightful actor and then had some unfortunate things happen to him um took a break yeah and had to take a break and and you know what if if this is what gets us into some of his deeper like the whale, like the more stuff drama, where, yeah, more yeah, serious I'm, kind of roles. I'm okay with it. I yeah. mean, I'm not okay with what happened to him, but no. at the same time, it's more like, hey, like I appreciate the fact that he took a break and was like, hey, I want to find myself and find 
my voice again. Yeah. I think he, and towards the end there, towards the end of the early 2000s, um, before, before the 2010s, he, you know, he wasn't as big of a name in terms of star power. I think the last thing I really saw him in before the past 10 years really was uh, G.I. Joe. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say, like, for me, it was, like, Journey to the Center of the Earth was, like, the big one where it was, like, him as the star. Yeah. Because G.I. Joe, I, like, I, I forget. He was just a cameo request yeah. of the sergeant's training. Because that was another uh, uh, Stephen Summers yeah. movie. Um, but I definitely think that uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth was kind of his big, last big, like, starring. Yeah, I know he's done some stuff since then, like... Uh, the Doom Patrol, yeah, the DC, which I think he's yeah. great in, but it's like you don't see his face really, no. in, and so it's kind of sad. And then um, there's another, um, I forget, there's another uh, TV show that he's on where um, we'll have to look that up. Um, but uh, heightened, yeah, professionals, I think, is what okay. it's called. Um, but. Uh, yeah, he he was on that TV show, but I mean, he he's a he's a delightful actor, and I really enjoyed him in everything he's done. Even like his, uh, he was on like a episode or couple of Scrubs. Yeah, he played Doctor Cox's brother. Yeah, that was kind of the saddest. Oh, it was moment so good Scrubs, <laughs> and like the second season too. Where like, yeah, oh. if if you haven't seen it, like they they kind of reference. Um, uh, Adventures of Tintin mm-hmm. in kind of how they do the last shot. And um, so it kind of goes to show that the creators of the show are very cultured and very, um, they they understand stuff. But um, it was uh, definitely hard to oh, it watch. Was a, it was a, yeah. Um, a bit of a nut punch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, Brandon Fraser, you know, obviously this was kind of his big, I wouldn't say so much moment to shine, but this is really kind of what cemented his his legacy during this time period was was the Mummy, obviously, because it was so successful. We had two more sequels before we had the awful Tom Cruise reboot. Correct, and uh, apparently, I found out like I was looking up some trivia. Stephen Summers only approached Brendan Fraser because he felt like he had uh, sort of this old star quality like an Mm -hmm. Errol Flynn like being able to kind of be that funny charming like the thief with the heart of gold yeah and I think a lot of it has to do with not even so much I mean obviously his acting but just his his look at the time um and obviously they did a good job of costuming him into that period Mm -hmm. um he kind of looked like a not so much like it's mo- it's not modern day the story anyway. It's in the nineteen twenties, I believe. Yeah, I think nineteen twenty something is. Yeah, because I know post World War One, pre World War Two. Yeah. Um, but and all the weapons in it are, um, like eighteen eighties, eighteen seventies. Yeah. Um, weapons. Um, Which would I'm, be... a, I'm a bit like don't take this the wrong way. I I'm a bit of a. A firearm historian, so well, and it's I, I kind of wrote a bunch of stuff down about this. But. Well, I mean, and it's, I mean, it's, uh, you know, like you said, attention to detail because even though this took place in the 1920s, um, post World War One, this is Egypt, and Egypt wasn't as modernized as the rest of the world at the yeah. time. So yeah, it's very, and you very had the good French Foreign Legion, 
yeah, on Hominatra, like defending it. And so it made all it made sense. Yeah, so it they, worked. they took a lot of care into trying to make everything connect. Yeah. And, you know, and I think costuming wise, they kind of I think what hit home really well with this was they they dressed him in kind of almost a what we'd expect to see Indiana Jones in. Yeah. That adventuring kind of safari khaki outfit with the the double holsters and yeah. Shema. Yeah, the Shema. Yeah. The, kind of like almost the Uncharted look too with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't tell my girlfriend this, but I almost came dressed as Rick from The Mummy just because I wanted to, but I'm like, we're not on camera. It won't matter. <laughs> so whatever. But uh, no, they, they took a lot of care into uh, making sure everything looked yeah. the part. It did. You know, and then you've got um, some some great acting besides Brendan Fraser. You've got Rachel Wise who steals the show almost as Evelyn. She, she's got that very classic beauty look to her. She's got that kind of innocence to her, but that sophistication because she's also very brainy. Yeah, um, we can go into that, like, because I have yeah a page on all these characters. Um, but yeah, she's she's the bookworm. She's definitely more book smart, mm-hmm. and yeah, she's a little clumsy, and yeah, she kind of kicks off the the catalyst for the mummy oh, coming she's, back. She's the whole reason why he came back. Yeah, she read from the book. Um, but book of the dead, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, this is this is all happening but yeah she was delightful um arnold Vosloo, who played imhotep the mummy yeah was absolutely spot on for casting and apparently i found out that they actually hired as many egyptologists that they could to make the ancient egyptian sound correct hmm. so it kind of like everything flowed a little better that makes sense. I mean, and it feels like it, it, it worked that way as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I think part of what drew a lot of people to this movie at this time period, too, was you had these huge um, blockbusters coming out. You know, this is the same time as Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace is coming out. Yeah. Um, so I think in terms of this kind of being that blockbuster to... to be on par with that it was it was a great choice mm-hmm. um casting wise yeah i mean rachel weiss wasn't a household name at the time no not um, at all but she she was adorable like it I, I mean she just brought like i mean like you said before this kind of innocence and this sort of purity to that role where it all felt really natural yeah oh yeah i agree i think um just and and the chemistry she had with Brendan Fraser in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and then and I think chemistry with him, chemistry with John Hanna, who plays her brother. Yeah, he um, plays Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. Um, and then you know we can't skip over this. Probably the best comedic character in this movie, <laughs> Kevin J. O'Connor Benny. Benny. Yeah. Benny. <laughs> yes, he he. I think he had such good chemistry with Brendan Fraser. Like, and I, I have like a few lines written down specifically uh, for that. Um, the the one where he after he threw him off the boat. Oh yeah, and he's just like, oh god, no! 
Looks to me like I got all the horses. You think that you're on the wrong side of the river? Looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. And then uh, the one moment that I will always like imprint on my mind is uh, he's uh, Benny's looking through the office, like looking for the like whatever the the jar that yeah. has has whatever organ in it. And uh, Brendan Fraser breaks in. He's like, let me guess. <laughs> Spring cleaning, right? <laughs> and then without a second thought, just grabs a chair and throws it at Benny and hits him square in the hip. It was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, it had a lot of good one-liners, a lot of good um, comedy in it. Um, and it wasn't a... Huge production for Universal in terms of budget, either. No, not it was at all. only eighty million dollar budget. Yeah, but I I did read after it premiered and it made a pretty good amount of money. Universal fifty in the first day, yeah, first month. Like Universal called uh, Stephen Summers and like we need a sequel right away. Yeah, <laughs> while it's hot, while it's fresh. Yeah, and of course, yeah, get get a sequel. I will say the visual effects. So, like one of the things I we kind of were bringing up before the show, they did a lot of, like, practical effects. Oh, yeah. Like, they built a lot of statues, a lot of sets. A lot of miniatures, yeah. And it looked all great. The visual effects, do you think, Matt, do they hold up still? No. And, I, I mean, I will I will put that an asterisk next to that because it's, it's 1999, it's 25 years what we see now today in visual effects, I mean, you've got things like Avatar. You've got things um, that look so amazing and, and vivid and visually stunning for CGI nowadays. And in 1999, it was it was fine. Um, graphics look good, you know, for this for this one, Mummy Returns. Not so much for the Scorpion King part of it. We'll leave that part out. We'll 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 leave the Rock out of this for for fear of our lives. Yeah, yeah, because he'll he'll come kill me, eat me. Mm. Um, but no, I think, you know, for it being a 24-year-old movie, yeah, it doesn't hold up as well as some movies do in terms of visual effects. But they also were doing some visual effects that you don't, you didn't see at the time. Yeah. You and didn't have a lot of, you know, like with scarabs, which still scare the living bejesus out of me. It was crazy. Um, Phantom Menace is coming out this time. Twister has come out. These big CG movies, oh, but it's like... We're oh, going to have to do a whole other episode on Twister. We're going to have to do it in the summer, though, to scare people. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that on the poll if you want to hear us talk about Twister. We can do that. But um, the one thing I did read, um, apparently Universal had a strict, like, they were trying to tone down the gore because yeah. they wanted to keep it at a PG-13 uh, level. And so, one... Um, they had to tone down all the gore and yeah. those crazy effects. But also, um, apparently, Rachel Wise's nightgown on the boat scene yeah. apparently became transparent during any time she got, like, wet. Moist. <laughs> um, and uh, they had to digitally, like, paint over some certain areas um so yeah. there's there's that um but um but yeah they definitely had to tone down the gore but i don't think that it, that 
robbed it from any of the horror aspect. No, I don't... You, you, now that you bring it up, I didn't even think about like how gory it wasn't. I just kind of enjoyed it. It wasn't yeah. like... I mean, you saw people without eyes or a tongue. Yeah, and I think that's where it stuck out to me. Emaciated or... Yeah. Or skins hanging off of him. Or yeah. In the case of Imhotep, you know, when he doesn't have a jaw yet and you see the skin yeah. and the muscle tissue. I, for me, that was not gory or graphic. It was just like, it made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well, you know, doing some research before we filmed, or before we recorded, um, they spent $15 million of that budget on just CGI, which yeah. was huge for that time. Oh, yeah. Um, but like you said, a lot of practical effects, a lot of miniatures, a lot of... You know, they filmed a lot on... I'm not sure if they filmed a lot on location. Well, it, was, it wasn't it was filmed in Egypt because... Morocco. From, it was Morocco because I think there was some political unrest at the time. When is there not? I know. It's... Not uh, just Egypt, just, you know, in that area of the world. It's, it's hard, yeah. but it's... But, I mean, it definitely, like, yeah, filming in Morocco. I mean, hell, like... Didn't Star Wars Filming in Morocco. A yeah. lot of Morocco. I mean, all I three think of them they did. Probably still film there for the Mandalorian. <laughs> no, they used that um, CG wall. Oh, they do. Yeah, so they filmed um, in a studio. They just use. Well, shit. Yeah. No, you didn't notice that. No. So it looked so good. So I'll, I'll, we'll deviate about that. So what they designed for the Mandalorian, and now they're using it for other shows, Star Trek. They've used it for movies. Is basically. They're CGing the show as it happens. That's why you can get them so fast now. Okay. Um, so they have the practical set built, like the sand and the rocks. Mm-hmm. And then they have a, th- a full 360 video wall, high-depth 4K. And they use the Unreal Graphics Engine and insert the rest of the CG in oh. real time. So the CG artists are actually on set inputting stuff and m- manipulating it as the, they're filming. As they're doing it. So, okay. Yeah. It's Makes actually sense. really interesting. They designed this for The Mandalorian and now... Andor's used it. Um, Boba Fett used it. Star Trek's using it. A lot of big productions are using it because it's like, we can save time and money by putting the CG in now. And now the actors have reference. That's true. Because that, that, I mean, and we won't get into the whole prequel trilogy of Star Wars where the actors did not have reference. No, they just had that green box over there. Or and, blue, whatever. Yeah, and, it's and just, eventually this green box that you sit in will be a speeder that looks yeah. like this. Maybe I've <laughs> designed it yet. I'm doing the Ewan McGregor dancing. Yeah. We're not on camera yet, so I gotta describe it. Yeah, that's one of my favorite blooper sequences from, from the movies. But uh, I digress. So, yeah. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think for, like you said, for it being a, a 24-year-old movie, the graphics don't hold up, but they were good. They were, I, I can still live with them. I can still watch it and not be like, oh. It doesn't take me out of it. It doesn't. A couple of scenes may here and there me go, oh, that didn't age well. But it's not like, I can't watch this because this. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a CG snob when it comes to these kind of movies. There are certain ones. Like, I will say with the second film, like how they did the Scorpion King like later That's on bad. in the film. That wasn't That's bad. Wasn't it's bad. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's like I mean one of the things um they made the rock shinier than he is when he's oiled up. I know, right? Um but one of the things I really like to do and uh this is not we're not getting paid by them. But uh the Alamo Draft House does movie parties every now and again. And I remember there's a Lord of the Rings one coming out. There's a Goonies one. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. But they are also uh, doing, or they've done in the past, uh, Clue. Okay. One of my favorite films. 
and we could do a whole episode on Clue. Um, but they did The Mummy, and I took Lady, Lady. with me. Um, <laughs> against her will, she probably hated me for doing it, but... Um, Whatever that she's left you, she's still with you. So you know, no, but I mean, but it was it was fun. Like for me, it was fun to go because I remember seeing the movie back in theaters. Yep, and I went there with some guy or some kid. We were what twelve or thirteen at the time, and he was trying to act all butch and like badass. But then anytime something sort of scary was happening did you hold your hand oh no he just had his uh fingers in his ear going oh my god oh my god oh my god and i'm sitting here laughing my butt off because i'm like this is funny i've i've watched these classic horror films i've watched all this stuff I've watched Alien. I've watched Aliens. I'm like, Aliens is worse than Alien, in my opinion. But, I mean, in terms of scare factor. We, we could talk... Like, I, I will say Alien is more of a horror film. Aliens is more of an action Action film. sci-fi film, yeah. Um, but that... Another poll idea, people. Um, but uh, I always... Like, I, I was never really frightened by it. I just was enjoying my time yeah. watching the movie. Um, so that was more my thing for it. So, um, I guess like, I want to ask you, Matt, what's your favorite Stephen Summers movie? Do you know any off the top of your head besides G.I. Joe or the mummy and the mummy returns? (laughs) (laughs) I would have to look at them to to know. Oh, I have them right here. All right, let's, let's hear it. Okay. So, um, one of my favorites is The Jungle Book, starring Jason Scott Lee. and uh, I remember that one. Um, I liked it a lot. It had Carrie Elwes in it. Um, uh, who was the um, the girl who played uh, the... Um, she was in the evil... She was kind of the evil queen in... Um, Lena Le- Henley. Lena Henley. Lena Hetty. Hetty. Yeah. And then Sam Neill. Sam Neill, one of my favorites. <laughs> I just, it was not. And John Cleese. I think for me it was just more because I was, I grew up in the Disney one. So at the time it came out for me, it just wasn't my cup of tea. So it's only I had three visits. He also um, did uh, Deep Rising. Um, yeah, kind of a silly. Yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. That was, that was um, kind of I would say on this list, I'm looking at it right now, I think the one thing I will say that. I enjoyed, maybe not my favorite, I think still the mummy probably my favorite out of this list, would have to be Van Helsing. I kind of liked Van Helsing. I think it's not, it, it, it's still kind of campy. It's still, yeah. it didn't get great reviews. It's not a well-regarded movie, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, it was fun. It was at the very beginning of his peak for um like right after the mummy first no no not not the mummy i'm talking about um, the actor um oh like hugh jackman hugh jackman oh, okay it was before he became wolverine jack wolverine for his well, trilogy that was 2001 i forget when that's 2004 so oh. it's already been a couple years since yeah that's last day was the next one to come out he's already done the first two x-men so. yeah that's true so but i i I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. I mean, I was watching from time to time going, okay, this is... Yeah. And then he did uh, the G.I. Joe movie that wasn't so well received, but then he did... It's um, better than the second one. 
Very much so. But uh, then he did a film called Odd Thomas, which stars the late, great Anton Yelchin. Okay. Um, that was actually pretty good. Um, he's like kind of this like guy who has like psychic abilities. Like he can hmm. detect if someone's done something wrong and he's kind of like a vigilante. I'll have to check it out. It's got William Dafoe. So that kind of, yes, it has William Dafoe in it. Um, uh, and it just was, uh, it was a decent little movie. Damn you by Pat Oswalt. All right. Oh Damn it. <laughs> You're everywhere nowadays. Yes, he is. But um but yeah, so I mean, I I I've liked uh Stephen Summers as a director for a while. I feel bad that he hasn't gotten like I mean, I think The Mummy was such a huge thing for him and then he just wasn't able to kind of recruit that success. No, I you know, obviously I thought The Mummy 2 was good. It wasn't as good as the first. It was still fun. It was still fun. I enjoyed it. Was it was better than the third one and better than the Tom Cruise one. <laughs> and also better than all the Scorpion Kings he worked on. Yes, I, I did not... Uh, I, I stopped watching a lot of the Scorpion Kings. I watched the first one and went, oh. Yeah. And somehow The Rock still had a career out of that. Well, I mean, The Rock was only in a few of them, right? First like, one or two? Like, the first... He was in Mummy 2... And then in The Scorpion King. But I think every other one that came from that was a different Yeah, actor. it was John... Who was it? John... I was going to say John Cena. It wasn't. It was Michael Capone. Mm-hmm. I just saw the, the cover art and was like, that's John Cena. <laughs> Cena! What's that? Yeah, no, I never saw any of no, just, that. Like, don't don't even bother. And please don't bother with the third mummy. It well, wasn't nothing like The Rock. What the hell? Why'd you pick him? I don't know. But um, don't even bother with the third mummy. Um, even though it had... Zane? Oh, it's a decent cast right there. Yeah, I know. And Tamir right? Morrison. Mm-hmm. But like, don't don't bother with a lot of these sequels because they're just not quite as good. Um. Maybe they made a third one. Yeah, they, they make whatever will make them a they made little better. Fourth one. Oh, jeez. Fifth one. Oh, Jesus. Five. Holy. Oh, so I'm going down a rabbit hole to see who's even in. There is no one in the fourth one I would watch besides Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, okay. I, I oh, and Emmett Walsh was okay. in it. And the so, fifth one, I'm just going to click on it for the hell of it. Uh, Piling No? No, that's not who you think it is. No, it's not. She played Orana in... Oh, and she played uh, Mongol in Suicide Squad. Okay, that's where I know her okay. from. Okay, yeah. Um, I was like, her name looks familiar. <laughs> okay, well, so... We digested on that one real quick there. Um, <laughs> we we have we have settled. <laughs> Before we move on to our next segment, the one actor I want to bring up that people probably don't key in on as much is um, Odin Fair. He played um, the yeah, Midgiant. He yes, he was. Yes, yeah, and the Midgiant. Yeah, so he's kind of he is your traditional uh, straight man. If you if you oh god yeah if you want to look at all the characters, it's like Brendan Fraser's character O'Connell is kind of like the the hero with the heart of gold or the smuggler with the heart of gold. Rachel He's Wise a funny is funny Han Solo. Yeah. Rachel Wise is your bookworm. Love um, interest, yeah. Love interest. Um 
Jonathan is your comedic relief. He's, um, your, he's kind of your con artist. He's but... a little bit of the con artist, a little bit of the kooky, get-rich-skiing kind of brother. Yeah, and then Ardeth, um, who was uh, played by uh, Odin Ferrer, um, he was, uh, he's definitely your straight man. He plays everything completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked because yeah, yeah. you needed someone he's to always been be that a kind little of bit actor, more though. serious. He's always kind of that serious actor. He's except for the resident evil movies. That's true. Those um, are ridiculous. For those of you who are, are Trekkies like me, he has been in the past few seasons of discovery as an admiral and the head admiral of Starfleet. Um, very much that straight character. Yeah, very much that straight character still. I remember when he first came on screen, I was like, I know him. I know, I know him. him. And I was like, he's the mummy guy. And I had to look it up. Yeah, yeah, he's the med guy. Yeah. And then the guy who played Benny. Oh, God, yeah. Um, he's been in a ton of Stephen Summers uh, movies. It's uh, Kevin J. O'Connor. He's been, he was in... Um, Van Helsing is his Van Helsing as, as, as uh, Dracula's Yeah, exactly, so... Uh, but he's like the... He was in G.I. Joe. What was he in G.I. Joe? I can't remember. What do I know? I just work here. But we don't get paid. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, you haven't found a paycheck for me yet? Holy shit! <laughs> um, but, uh... Dr. Mindbender. Dr. Mindbender. No idea who that is. I don't know. Um... But yeah, I mean, I just miss these... These movies, again, like... We're... They were movies that were fun. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, we we could go to the movie theater, have, like, comedy, action, drama, horror. We could have kind of a bit of everything. And now you go for a niche movie. Yeah. I'm going to go see a Marvel movie, which will be a action movie. Action movie with some comedy. Yeah. But it's like, I loved the fact that we could go to these movies and just be like, you know what? I'm just going to have a good time yep. watching a movie because <laughs> it was it was hard <laughs> to do. But it's like you have such a great cast. You have you have action, you have drama, you have sexiness, you have comedic like comedy. Like, yeah. And I comedy. And I will bring this up. This is one of those movies that has a great score to it, too. Yes, it does. Who did the score? Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith's done Jeez. a lot of things. He's done a lot. <laughs> I really like... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm always a big fan of, like, classic movie... Or, like... I don't want to say classic, but, like, movie scores and soundtracks. Jerry Goldsmith, for those of you who don't know, he's one of those big names of this time period. He's recently... I think he passed away not too long ago. Um... But he is... Yeah, he passed away in 2004. Um, But he is on that league with John Williams. Yeah. um, In terms of uh, doing scores. I'm trying to think of another big one from that time period. But he's worked with everyone from, like, uh, Joe Dante to Richard Donner to Ridley Scott to Steven Spielberg to Paul Verhoeven. He's worked with everyone. And and I think that, that is one of the things... You kind of like see a lot with some of these um, these composers. You see them like kind of they're like, oh, I'll work with everyone. Well, let's see. I mean, I, for those of you who who are big geeks like us, he did a lot of like, yeah, he did what five Star Trek movies, five Star Trek he movies, did Rambo, Rambo, Logan's Run, Planet of the Apes, Tora Tora Tora, Patton, um, Alien, 
Poltergeist, Gremlins, Air Force One. Oh, geez. L.A. Confidential and Mulan. Yes, you did. <laughs> I was like, oh. Let's get down to business, yes. Matt. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he's one of those huge name composers um, of this time period. Mm-hmm. Did a great job, and I think uh, it it definitely led, like, I mean, a lot of, I think, if you look at his past theater of work, there's, like, kind of a supernatural element to yeah. some of the stuff, and it's kind of like, oh, this makes sense for a mummy movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it feels right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up this part of us first, Adam, but we can move into our hot takes on The Mummy. Hot takes. What are they going to say this week? You, you shoot. Let's go for it. All right. So I think my really my biggest hot take, and it's probably because it's more of a recent watch through thing for me, is I really wish we had just a little bit more of that. And not so much backstory. You get a lot of the backstory, but those flashback sequences, they were they were good. They made me want more. And that's, I think, it's a good thing to have, want because um, sometimes you can get a backstory and it's like, oh, I didn't need all that information. Yeah. But it's one of those where it's like, I got everything I needed. But well, I wanted yeah, to see more. I like I would be okay a, back then seeing a prequel mummy movie about Imhotep. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job of like delivering that exposition in the first like oh yeah five ten minutes of the film of like oh this is who Imhotep is this is an ox and a moon this is this is kind of what's going on and that's all you kind of needed. That's true. I, I mean, you got what you needed. It, made, it gets you to see Brendan Fraser. Yeah, it gets you to yeah, it gets you to when he's uh, when they're looking for the book of Ra, of Amun Ra, and said they fight in the book of the dead. Um, she finds his remains. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets that whole segment going. Um, but for me, I, I'm just someone who likes. I like backstory. I like history. You like the lore. I like. I love the lore, and so I just kind of wanted a little bit more of that. And that's just a personal preference for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only other part of it that I, I would have loved to see a little bit more of is I would have. It would have made the movie longer. Um, for me, another hot take was lay out the sequence of the of the mummy hunting down the Americans to get their body parts and and take their. That's I, wonder, so, I wonder if that was kind of more of an editing choice. It where could the, have been. They definitely, like, it's shot rushed, everything yeah. where, like, you saw the Americans in, like, makeup being, like, emaciated. Yeah. Whatever. But it's like, I, I wonder if it was just more for timing. I'm sure it was. I mean, and then also I could see how it would have felt like, especially on the train where doing some of those sequences, like a heist movie could have felt like that a little bit. Um, But I would have... It would have been fun to see him hunt them kind of aspect. Yeah, yeah it would have made it a little bit longer. Um, there's nothing I think you're going to cut, cut out from the rest of the movie to shorten it. But I just, for me, it would have been kind of a fun, like, cat and mouse game. You know, showing the showing Imhotep's intellect. Yeah, that, that could have been interesting. I guess, yeah, I agree. I, I would have loved to, 
maybe see. I, I could always agree with more of the mummy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess uh, going into my hot take, why haven't they been able to recreate this magic? It doesn't seem very hard, right? It doesn't, but I think part of I think part of what made the reboot not successful, even though they're working with somewhat of a not so much of the same storyline, because um, obviously they referenced this mummy in Tom Cruise's mummy. Mm-hmm. This isn't the same mummy. Which okay, cool. As a, as a geek, as a fanboy, I'm like, thank you for that nostalgia. Thank you for that callback. Um, for me, I think what the issue with the mummy reboot was was they immediately build it as a franchise builder, as a universe builder. Yeah. But it didn't deliver on that. Besides, hey, here's Dr. Jekyll. He becomes Mr. Hyde. He's the head of organization. It didn't... It felt very forced to me. You almost needed the stronger character of, like, the Iron Man, like, to... Yeah. To introduce everyone to... Well, not even, even so much that. I think you need... I think you could have had... Okay, I was I think it was Universal who made that one too. We're gonna make our our monster movie franchise. Yeah, they called it their the monster monster verse. Yeah, or no, that's that's the Godzilla franchise. Monster, the dark, the dark monster, the dark something universe, something like that. I um, I don't know anymore. No, we'll find out right now what it's supposed to be. The movie franchise, Dark Universe series, Dark Universe series. That was successful. We got one. <laughs> we got one. And they released a trailer without the proper sound. <laughs> yeah, I think... I don't know if you heard about that. Oh, I did. <laughs> I what made it hard... <laughs> what made it hard is... I. They built it up as if it's going to be a franchise starter. It's going to build our own cinematic universe. What they should have done, which I think Iron Man did very well, and then with subsequent, like the Hulk and everything else... Was I didn't go into it going, this is gonna be a franchise builder. Yeah, I see. I was like, oh, Iron Man, cool, that was a good movie. And then you see see him in the post credit sequence for Incredible Hulk. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. Okay, (laughs) cool, they tied it in. That's cool, it's unique. Um, I think they should have done something like that with the mummy. Hey, here's the mummy. The next movie we do is Frankenstein, whatever it is. And then you kind of slowly build this up instead of going, this is starting to franchise, it's gonna be huge, and it's not. Yeah, um. A universe that did it well and replicated kind of Marvel's recipe, not I mean it wasn't as well received, is the Monsterverse with the Godzilla and the King Kong. Yeah. They reference it slowly and it built. It wasn't a <laughs> Adam Wingard. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. You son of a bitch, you did it. It wasn't that a That was my tweet that I put out there because <laughs> seeing the Godzilla versus Kong. I was just like, I had zero expectations yeah. for that movie. And well, especially because he did. It was like, I was pleasantly surprised. Enjoyed it. And there's parts of it. We'll, we'll do a whole, I think we'll have to go into the MonsterVerse at some point oh. soon because it's a quick, small franchise at the moment. Small franchise? My ass. Well, you only got four movies in the franchise. Well, the official franchise, but we got like a billion Godzilla, Godzilla yeah. films. But for me, it was just like, it was a, it, it built to something versus. We're announcing we're doing this thing. Yeah. And which is the issue DC had. We're going to do this thing. And now you're like, okay, I'm watching this thing knowing this is coming. Yeah. I don't have any suspense. I don't have any mystery. Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, do you think they're going to carry on with uh, Ezra Miller as the Flash, like, after this movie? No. 
I don't think so. Either. I think this will be. I think this is what DC is going to use, and James Gunn is going to use to reboot the franchise because it is a re. It, for those who don't understand Flashpoint, it is a time travel. It's alternate. a reset. It's yeah. It's it's, it's a multiverse movie. Yeah. For DC, and I think this will be easy to tie in all the mirrored universes that DC kind of has going, and say, we started fresh. Flashpoint happened. Yeah. Okay. I I can get behind that. So, Adam, what are your hot takes? Well, no, I mean, we, we kind of chatted about a bunch of the stuff I wanted to talk about. Like, I, I think uh, the the Mummy as a franchise, like, started out pretty promising with, like, the original Mummies, like, back yeah. in the 1930s, 40s. Um, and then I really enjoyed the 1999 Mummy and the Mummy Returns. But I just feel like, yeah, 1932 was yes. the first uh, Mummy movie with uh, with Karloff. Um, and uh, I thought they were all very strong and you could almost have done something cool with it, but they just didn't do it. So that's just my thing. Like, I know we kind of, we just were talking about everything about it, but I just feel like... Um, they had a lot of great source material, a lot of great stuff, oh, yeah. and I thought Stephen Summers brought a really cool idea to like kind of rejuvenate the franchise in 1999, but they just dropped the ball completely afterwards. So that that's where I'm. Well, at. and I think I, you know going onto that tying that piece in there, Adam. I think one thing that I enjoyed about it was. You had this movie, and it wasn't... It was a standalone movie when they made it. Yeah. It wasn't designed to be... Let's have, sequel. Let's have more. But it did so well that they're like, okay, how can we make this work yeah. twice? And I think that's one thing Mummy 2 did, was it replicated a lot of the fun things in Mummy 1. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I, as a standalone movie, I think it lives well on its own. Yeah. I, I would I would agree All right. with that. Um, so uh, let's, I guess... I guess it's getting to that time of the night. Almost, but before we move on, I told you compared. We're gonna do a game. We're gonna do a round of fantasy casting. Fantasy casting. Who will play what character in the Geeks Ultimate Recast? Okay. If we had to remake this movie and you cannot uh, use these actors. Not Chris Pratt, even though I know he has kinda <laughs> he kinda has that look. Um oh. God, I I think maybe put like I don't even know for for Rick O'Connell because Brendan Fraser just owned that role like so well. What do you? Think? I don't think you have to have it as a Rick O'Connell. I think you could say this is just our male protagonist because in the first movie there was not a Rick O'Connell. There was not a yeah uh, Evelyn. But I think in that kind of mold, I can easily see someone like a um. Robert Pattinson could pull it off, I think, with the look and that. He'd probably play it too straight, though. Like Tom Holland could pull it off. Yeah, I mean, he did pretty good with Uncharted, but yeah. I feel like that might be a little too close. To that wheelhouse. Um, and a third actor I had on the tip of my tongue, and I can't. Channing Tatum. Actually, like, I, I don't know if you saw the movie The Lost City. Uh-huh. It was very, not similar, but he had that... Adventure was, fun vibe to it. Yeah, it it reminded me a lot of like Romancing the Stone yeah. or Jewel of the Nile, which were 
sequels, but um, anyway, but like it reminded me a lot of that. So, all right, who would play your love interest? Let's say we cast Channing Tatum. I don't know, like Evan Rachel Wood. Ooh, that was not what I thought about, but yeah, she's she's a really really good actor and like could kick some ass. Yeah. Um, she did in Westworld. Yeah. It's all got confusing and I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's true. That's like, see the deal. It's like, what? But that's a whole different can of worms. Um, I was thinking... Aaron Paul could be maybe... Uh, like, because I know he was in oh, Westworld. He could yeah. be... He might be a good male lead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, there you go. Hmm. You know who'd be a good Benny? Ah. Um, he was also in Westworld. Um, oh, what is his name now? Um, he played the youngest version. I don't version. know. What is his name? Um, he played the young version of the Man in Black. Oh, I don't know. can't remember. Hold on, folks. We're pulling it up. Well, that's being said, even Rachel Wood, I think, is right. Um, I think... If you say Luke Hemsworth, no, I'm going to punch you right um, in the mouth. He was, he, played, he was Ed Harris's younger character. Um, yeah. Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson. Okay. He's pretty good. Yeah. I liked him in... Uh, he was in uh, uh, It's Always Sunny, right? Yes, he's been in It's Always Sunny. Um, let's, let's see. Uh, I liked him in... <laughs> you're going to laugh at this. Uh, the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I watched a little bit of that and then... I, it's hard to watch, but I, I liked him in it. I liked Tamir a lot. Like, he directed two of my favorite films... Night Watch and Day Watch. They were both fantastic. He also directed Wanted. Those were all great, but I just feel like it, his sort of style has not translated well to okay. an American audience. But hey, I'd be I'd be cool with it. Um I think for my opinion of a good um I think Emma Witcher would someone I didn't think of. I think she would actually fit that role very well. She, she'd knock it out of the park, um, I think. <laughs> I think a Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, yeah, she she probably do. Right. Maybe a little younger Jennifer Lawrence, but yeah, yeah, she's got some of that innocence in her. Yeah, I think she has to have that kind of sort of. I mean, not trying to draw a comparison too much between uh, Rachel Vice and Evan Rachel Wood or anyone, but it's more like I liked how Rachel Vice's character kind of was the brainiac, but very clumsy and yes. very like. Almost you could have um, Florence Pugh. Oh, yeah, there you go. Could be a good one. Yeah. There's your Scrubs tie-in. Yeah, she dated go. Zach Braff, who was and on who Scrubs, wouldn't? and Brennan Fraser was on Scrubs. There we yes. go. We connected <laughs> it back. All right. Well, so that's our fantasy casting. Um, so I think that wraps up The Mummy, 1999. Maybe yes. one day we'll, we'll begrudgingly go through 2017's The Mummy. Yeah. But that's only if know. we lose a poll or something. Yeah. If you want to hear us suffer. Don't do it. <laughs> you want to hear us suffer through a podcast and I feel like, I make the, the movie short, <laughs> make our 20-minute podcast instead of <laughs> our usual 45 to an hour. <laughs> um, so that leads us in, Adam, into that time of the week where we talk about our Geek Wreck of the Week. It's time for the Geek Wreck of the Week. What are the geeks going to recommend? Yes. Yeah, so, Matt, I wanted to give you the floor first. Okay. Um, just as a courtesy. All right. So I think my geek wreck, um, is something that's coming up in March, March 1st or March 1st, the Mandalorian season three. Yep. The trailer just dropped. 
which I was not expecting. Um, I was at work when I heard about it, and I stopped working to watch it. Although I will, I will ask you. There's apparently a shot of more Jedi. Are you, as a Star Wars fan, just done with the Jedi being tied into everything, or do you not care? I don't care because for me, what it's showing is I as, as I read and I understand it, and I think it is going to hold to that. It's a flashback to Order sixty six. Which gives Grogu a little bit more backstory. Okay. So in that sense, I'm good with it because we're not having, at least so far, we're not having Luke come back with his Jedi school doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good because it gives Grogu that backstory. And with Star Wars, yeah, the Jedi are tied into a lot of things, but they kind of have to be because they were an integral part of the universe. Okay. It's like saying, I want to watch a Star Trek movie without Starfleet. That would be... Interesting. It'd be interesting, but it'd be hard to say this is Star Trek. Yeah. So no, I I, I could I can see that. Um, what about you, Adam? Well, my wreck of the week. I guess it kind of ties into your wreck of the week. Um, I want to wreck Electrum Sabers. They're a website online that sells uh, custom lightsabers um, for the discerning individual that likes to own a <laughs> lightsaber. I like how you say this is discerning like it's a sex toy. Um, I mean, they do a lot more with these lightsabers oh, yeah. than you think. So they have, like, not only can you customize the color of the blade, soundboards. you can actually download, like, different yeah. things to the soundboard so you can make it sound however you want. They are a little pricey, and if you want to send us a free one, please do. Charlotte needs one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Her dad would take it over and she'd never see it because Charlotte would have a red lightsaber, wouldn't no, she? No, I got I get the, <laughs> I've seen I've like I've tried to build one, it's like, what would I want? Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, well, I spent two thousand dollars on a lightsaber, never mind. I know, right? Um, I, like a silver blade and like it, black hill. Yeah. It gets a little crazy. But um I've been a big fan of them for many years, so check them out. Electrum lightsabers.com net. Org. I don't. I don't know what, but just check them out. Google yeah. them. They're they're great. They they have I a fantastic see, uh, product. I can see you, Adam, having your custom soundboard and doing something goofy for just for sticks and grins. But like it turns on and it goes. <laughs> oh no! It's just like it turns on and it goes. I'm a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sword. Actually, like one of the ones I really want, and no one actually makes them. I want Count Dooku's one. Oh, with the curved hilt? With the curved hilt, but I want, like, a green or a blue blade. I'll, I'll find one later, and I'll, I'll tell you about it, because they have some of those. Yeah, I just, I like, so, it's like, I mean, we can get into this a lot later, but a lot of, there's a lot of nerd stuff about Count Dooku as, or, um, as a lightsaber, like, he, he was more of an offensive lightsaber attacker, oh, no. And I've always loved his lightsaber. Um, I have Luke's one. Um, and uh, I love Obi-Wan's. Um, but I would love Count Dooku's. But I would love to actually be able okay. to customize it. Not not so it's a red blade because I'm never to the dark side. But uh, I would love like... I, I think he traditionally had blue. Yeah, it was blue. But... I like green, because green's my favorite color. I would say a fun one. I like the Silka Blades, because she's got the small Shoto Blade in her fighting style. <laughs> I really like Cal Cestus from Fallen Order. 
Yeah, he has a pretty cool lightsaber in that. I just like the way game coming out I know. soon. I like the hill. I like the way the the emitter comes out of the blade. Yeah, the, the very industrial look to it. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Even the the damaged like end. Oh yeah, looked pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, so check out Electrum Sabers. They're they're great. And please, uh, Electrum Sabers, sponsor us. We we'd love to. We will make many of TikToks of us fighting in a driveway. Yes. Yes, and I will kick Matt's ass. <laughs> kick you in the nuts. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah, I win. <laughs> All, right. All right, folks. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Have a Drink with Some, po- Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Obviously, I've had, drinking too much. had too many drinks with this podcast, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, make sure you give us a follow, like, comment. On all of our social media platforms at Geek Drink Pod, and we'll put up some uh, polls. Yeah, I think that that kind of worked out well for us in the past. Like we just kind of did it with our friends, but uh, we would love to put some polls out there for our uh, our fans, our our listeners, our viewers coming up soon. Hopefully soon, yes. Yes, but uh, we would love to actually get some uh, feedback, and um, if there's something you guys want to recommend. Please let us know. We, yeah. we would love to... Or tell us how you disagree with us. Just tell Matt how you disagree with him. Hey, hey, hey. You like The Mummy as much as I do. I love The Mummy. Yeah. It's one <laughs> of my favorite if you, films. If you hate The Mummy, recommend this to a friend who loves The Mummy. Yes. And that way they can tell you you're wrong. The Mummy's awesome. Yes, it is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that does, this for us. that does it for us this week. Uh, make sure you... Like I said, tell a friend. Yeah. Let them know what let them know what you geek out on our podcast. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. You guys have a great geek week. All right, take it easy. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye.